So, hi, Sana. How are you doing? Hi, Hemi. I'm doing good. It's very windy outside, but I'm n- uh, nice and warm inside, so I can't complain. Yeah, so we were going to talk the, today about Dune, right? Like both the, the movie and the books and everything. Uh, so, yeah, let's get to it. Hi, welcome to Wrong Side of Life. I'm Sana Khan. And I'm Jaime Vuelta. We're friends, and we thought about recording our chats. Just because it seems like fun. We talk about all kinds of things like society, tech, law, zombies, zombies, food, of course, food. And just to clarify for those who are listening to us, if you haven't read the book or you haven't seen the movie, um, there is going to be spoilers. And naturally, if you read the book, the spoilers that Hami and I may have isn't going to be uh, overtly uh, affecting uh, you guys. So uh, that being said, I think, Hami, we have a free flaw of just going to town and revealing all the spoilers uh, yeah, when we're and, going and through. talking a, a little bit. So, yeah, like, the, well, the first thing that I saw just, you know, just before right, uh, starting the record of this is the fact that they are confirmed the second part of the movie. Right. Yeah. So as um, as you know, like the 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 movie itself is is paced a little bit weirdly because it's it's half of the book, right? Yeah. Like so, it is, it stops at a point, and uh, I don't think people were uh, prepared to see when they started the movie. Right at the beginning, they say part one, but uh, that's not was not advertised anywhere, right? Like and and uh, the the old movie, the nineteen eighty four, tried to cover the whole book which probably yeah. tried too much to cover too much in the in in regards to that right because it is that to that so well first of all you know you saw the movie a few days ago did you like the movie i mean look i'm hanging out with friends like you who talked about this um Dune, as I said, uh, we were talking in private. I'm like, am I pronunciating this word <laughs> right? Is it Dune or, you know, uh, you say it in Spanish is Dune. That's how you recognize it, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So in Spanish, everyone will say Dune, uh, right? Yeah. Because it, it's not translated, right? Like the, the name of the book is not translated, right? Like the, the, the word, right? Like a sand dune, it will be translated as Duna. But for some reason, it stay like Dune, right? With yeah. the final E. And uh, as, as it is uh, written in English. Uh, so, you know, everyone is referred to that as Dune. <laughs> so yeah, the first Dune. time, the very first time that I heard about that, uh, someone in English saying like, oh, did you read Dune? And I was saying like, what are you talking about? I've never heard about this. And then, you know, after a couple of minutes talking about that, it was like, oh yeah, that's actually Dune, right? Like, so, yeah, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. I, I, my mind did like a click and then I yeah. realized what they were talking about. Because right now, every time I'm saying the word and even before, I just feel like I'm mispronunciating it. But look, yeah. uh, that's a disclaimer. If anyone's going to be criticizing the pronunciation, it is what it is. <laughs> Live with it. And so we can move on. So, uh, going back to your question about Dune, now I keep saying Dune because of your <laughs> Spanish accent. I think so it's a it's much a... better, proper way of addressing the, this, but... You can't get it wrong, you know, it's yeah. Dune, yeah. But um, uh, in terms of Dune, I thought it was good, Hammy, but I mean, coming out of cold, 
I felt mm-hmm. like I was lost and I was like Googling in the middle of it what's happening. And yeah. it was just simple sentences that could have clarified it. I didn't read like yeah. the whole script, but it was like, ah, okay, so this is the, this cra- crowd. I totally understand the Freemen. The, the, yeah. They're easy enough to grasp. What I didn't understand was like, you know, these, uh, the role of these uh, old mystical women that, you know, uh, Paul's yeah. mother was, the, uh, yeah, what's Paul's uh, father. Yeah, and what's uh, Paul's father in this and who is the empire that they mm-hmm. kind of do instructions and all of a sudden you have the bad guys going to space and I know that they're trying to reveal it in the next uh, uh, yeah. movie uh, but the whole point is like, at least I want to know who is who, you know, yeah. uh, like yeah. you no, kind a, of like a, a game of... Tr- yeah, it's a, it's a dense movie, right? That comes from a dense book, right? So Dune is, is quite dense, the, the the book, I mean. And and yeah. uh, it has like the extra thing. Well, first of all, it's a book, right? So you can read back and forth sometimes if you are not catching exactly what it is. But it also has some appendix, right? And the appendix includes <laughs> vocabulary and things like that because there's such a massive amount of things like Bene Gesserit and, and Mentats and, uh, you know, Gomjavar and a lot of weird uh, is, uh, names that comes out from nowhere, and you need to sort of understand a little bit what what uh, they that don't means, even right? translate it. That's what frustrates me. I think this is a general trend of Hollywood, Hammy, that when mm-hmm. you have foreign languages being spoken in some movies, they yeah. don't even bother translate. You're supposed to just think, oh, they're having an important conversation. We'll see the impact of it in the next few scenes. You know, like yeah, there was when they, there was some uh, points uh, they, where they were speaking in different languages. Um, and well, because I watch it with with subtitles, uh, it was subtitled, right? And I was able yeah. to see what it is. But there was some like a specific um, language that uh, the treaties use it, uh, right? That some point they were just speaking in in that, right? On on that language. So you had, so we didn't have the subtitles on. So I think, but that's what I mean with the likes of uh, myself. Uh, I didn't know it. But I hadn't read it. I, like I like the movie, right? Would I give mm-hmm. it an eight out of ten, Hammy? I yeah. think the ratings like is very high, and I think it's coming from diehard fans who's read the book because I think that there's other fa- sci- science fiction movies out there that I find more mm-hmm. entertaining, and yeah. that I could follow. Would I watch number two for sure? But yeah. would I give it such a high rating of like you know guaranteed? Like for the first hour, I was just like, "What is happening?" Yeah, <laughs> and, and I know most of the times, Hammy, they weren't actually dialogue. I've noticed in that movie there yeah. wasn't much dialogue. It was a lot of no, lingering and, and scenes. It, it went, yeah, it went against the previous movie, right? In the previous movie, right in in 1984, the the movie. I don't, I, you, I think you haven't watched it, right? I've seen highlights of it. Somebody was talking about, yeah. you know, what to expect for after, you know, on YouTube. I did watch, uh, do yeah. my homework. Because I know they're saying how uh, uh, exceptionally difficult this book yeah. is, uh, and the series of books is well, I mean, to actually it's easy to, put it's into easy production. To read, right, but but it's it's a book that is difficult to adapt. Right, for a long time it was thought to be unfilmable, exactly the same as Lord of the Rings. Right, because uh, and I think yeah, because that's thing my of question. That, yeah, a, a big thing of that is like, are we going to be able to do a movie that is like? six hours long or nine hours long, right? In the, in the case of the Lord of the Rings, they're like nine hours of, of, of a film, right? Basically split in three parts. But so it's the same thing with Dune, right? And, and also the terms of technically, you know, are we able to show a uh, sandworm? Are we able to show like 
spacecraft are we able to show like a lot of those things ornithopters right like the 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 uh, small um sort of helicopters right like the um that they were that yeah. have like uh, f- uh, fly uh, wings and everything. A wasps, fly, yeah, like the four yes. uh, wings that they had, yeah, like a wasp. No, I thought that was very clever. But you know, I get all of that, and I get it if we were living in the seventies and eighties when the original mm-hmm. movies were released, Hammy. But we're talking about CGI where everything is yeah, CGI. Yeah, no, right now they can do fiction. whatever. So yeah, I can, still think that the, the the fact that they're using that as a marketing gimmick that, oh, this is such an infimable um, book is so complicated, but we have taken a, 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 yeah. it for your ease and comfort, you know, so you can just sit back <laughs> and just get immersed and, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, engaged in this uh, movie. I thought that was a bit kind of rich. I was like looking at it. I was like, most of the scenes are of sand, right? Because I get yeah. it. It's Dune. There's uh, no computers, no technology bar, these mm-hmm. flying ships. And I get, you know, there's not even aliens in it, if that makes sense. You yeah. know, you just have the have bad guys the very, very pale, you know? Yeah. Sorry? You have to count the, sound, you have to count the sandworms as aliens. But yeah, yeah like no. the, the thing with, with Dune is the fact that... Um, as a as a book, right? When when it was done, it's also a book that is very introspective. Is is uh, talking a lot of cases from the point of view of the characters, right? So you know, like it's very much point of view, right? Like what a, a particular character in that chapter is talking about, or is watching, or is thinking, or is feeling, right? Uh, so it has a, a lot of that of sort of inner dialogue with with things, right? And that's always difficult to do, right? Like in the in the nineteen eighty four movie, there was a lot of um over um just the the thoughts were spoken right so you have yeah. this kind of uh, uh, reference but that that obviously that doesn't work very much right like that's a very a strange way of doing cinema right like normally people don't like the 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 voices on top of the of the uh, characters so they say oh he's wearing something right and you saw first uh, um uh, shot of the of the character thinking that and it it was a little bit weird but also, the fact is that I like it. it <laughs> I mean, I yeah, get, like I, I like when they do that. But as, again, that goes down to taste. And the, as you say, they may have done a focus group, and a lot of people actually prefer it to be, yeah. you know, I, I think it's interpreting more the, the, the thoughts. The, I think it's more the director, right? I think the director, Villeneuve. Yeah. Uh, have you seen Arrival, which is another of yes, his movies? Yes. Or and have yeah, you seen have. Uh, Blade Runner, uh, the the new one? Now that you say it, save it, now that you're saying it, this director hardly engages in a lot of dialogue or discussions. Yeah, more kind he, of he scenes. likes his ambience and trying to transmit yes. you things through the mood of the movies, right? For example, Arrival, I think it was it, it, it's a very smart movie, right? Like the way it's constructed and everything, and it makes sense in the in the way it is. Uh, and and I liked uh, Blade Runner as well, uh, though it's, I think it's it's, it's more like. Uh, a movie that is not as good as the the aim to that, but definitely is a is a director that aims very very high, right? And the the thing with you and I think like one thing that is to me I think it has captured better uh, is the fact that you know the best is the the ambience or the the you know the the mood of the of the um, of the book, right? Like that kind of of a sense of the the suns and the desert and the way the Atreides are very paranoid about everything, right? And the the kind of intrigue all the time, right, between the different houses and the different things yeah. and and traders. So there's there's a couple of um, quotes from the book, right? Like the plants within plants within plants and and um, fiends within faints within faints, right? So that that are 
like that, right? Like it's it's like a, a Matryoshka doll, right? Like these dolls that are one are one inside each other, right? So there's all the time, yes, like, like the Russian like, doll. Yeah, the Russian doll. So you have like this kind of, oh, okay, this is what happens, but then there's another level that that has something happening, right? And that's even um, true for this for the themes of Dune, right? Like the the different themes that are uh, there on top. You know, you you get the story, like you know straightforward more or less right of of everything that happens in everything but within that there's a lot of things like for example something that's very obvious is a, a book and and again this is a book that is 50 years old right more than 50 years old so mm-hmm. it it it's an ecologic book right like ecology of the planet is really important for a lot of things right like it's it's put in the center right like the world building is not only the fact that oh yeah we create these houses that they uh, play to each other and everything it's like the the planet Arrakis is super important and the fact that okay what happens when you don't have when you have a planet that is the whole planet is a desert right how people live there what are their culture mm-hmm. based on what the 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 thing that they value water so high and um, they have to live with these sandworms that appears everywhere, right? So they have to learn how to adapt in that environment. And that environment also yeah. shapes them in, in multiple ways, right? And there's also in the second part, there's also things like the cycle of things, right? Like how the the, the life cycle of the sandworm and, and, and a lot of other things in terms of, okay, like the description of how the Fremen lives, right? And that's important, yeah. right? Like that's that's some of the themes of the book, right? Like how things are interconnected in a in an ecologic environment right so if one thing's moving in a certain way then the other moves in another right so it has interconnections mm-hmm. and things like that and that's that's something that is important for herbert frank herbert which was the writer of the book um it was important to describe and to go to a lot of detail right like there's a lot of things yeah. um things for example like the you know the the fremen split to split to to show respect right because they are offering you their water they water, split yes. as well to create uh they they do this spice coffee right that they is yes. basically like boiling their spit right <laughs> so it's, it's a little bit gross for us but obviously you know in their ambience and and they're playing a lot with that kind of Okay, yeah, this is very extreme, and they are living in a different way, right? And you can see the contrast as well with the the way the the Atreides when they are arriving, right? They are arriving to a desert, yeah. basically uh, in 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 costumes that are not the proper ones for a desert, right? Like yeah. it's like okay, I can go here with my air conditioning or whatever, but I don't have to be wearing right. And you see every other person with. Uh, sort of robes and you know completely covered and everything right in yeah. that. and also an- another thing that is not very subtle is the um, the metaphor for the middle east right <laughs> with the uh, and and in particular with the oil right like the spice is, is really a metaphor for oil when when he was uh, yeah, yeah. when the book was written but, because it was like something super important that was coming only from a, a particular region in the world and the thing is, the Freemen are actually inspired. They speak a few Arabic words. I was reading about mm-hmm. Frank Herbert and he said that, you know, and when I was watching the movie, I was like, this is clearly, you know, yeah. uh, inspired by the Middle East and the Muslims. And it was actually, he admitted it openly that yeah. uh, that's what the ideology was behind it. Is to, And even the dress code, you know, as you mm-hmm. mentioned, you know, being covered, the long, modest robes. Um, and all of that. But one thing I found frustrating was, you know, when they're fighting, like the, yeah. oh, everyone was fighting, there was like a gray, a dark yeah. gray, a paler gray. And I'm like, 
you all look the same. Like it's like a stormtrooper. They're all take the inspiration for. They look yes. like stormtroopers, but with you know, one could have been red, one could have had something different yeah. to it. But I, I like, think uh, what if you're colorblind? Yeah, I think that's sort of expected. I think that they were trying, and I think this is uh, something for the for the director to do that they were very much dehumanizing them, right? So they were sort of. Instead of doing like one on ones, right? Like, and and probably that that happens in the in the fight for, from Duncan Idaho, the character of Jason Momoa, um, when he has he's the only one really that you can see, right? That the other ones mm. are have their face covered, right? Yeah. And and I think that's uh, but the other um, fights that they are that are basically you know people with with uh, with um, an army uniform or. Uh, you know, like and soldier kind and of for thing. For me, I, I mean, I know these are all just like, you know, pawns in a chess game. I know they're going to yeah. die, but I want to know exactly, who yeah. is winning the like, with the color scheme. Like, could they not yeah. have one black uh, as opposed to dark gray and one lighter gray? Yeah. Because, uh, you know, the, and also this was, they were fighting in the nighttime, so the lighting wasn't yeah. supposed to be great. So I was thinking like from an accessibility point of view, if somebody was colorblind or, you know, poor <laughs> vision, you're kind of making them like, who is actually winning? Do you know what I mean? So for yeah. me- they have- I they have the different colors. Movement. Yeah, they have the different colors in a to certain degree, but I don't know if that was very obvious. So I don't no, know if you realize. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know if you realize that there were like two kinds. So there, there's the Atreides, right? Like those were yeah. um, dressed like a, a more in a in a in a green kind of suit, right? Yes. green grayish, uh, yeah. you know, grayish anyway. But uh, See, and then there even was you the, can't even identify the color, yeah. Hammy. That's just shows. <laughs> Yeah, like they were like pretty, you know, pretty muted, all the colors. But yeah, there, yeah. you have the, the Harkonnen, right? That they yeah. were dressed more like black. And then yes. they were the Sardaukar, which were different troops that were uh, dressed more like whitish, like dark yeah. gray. Gray, right? gray with yeah. white. And then like which, the Freemen were easy to identify because they're wearing beige to blend in. Yeah, and that's part exactly. of their, you know, fighting tactics that they can blend in with the sand and all that. Like The Freemans was uh, something I understand, like in a strange yeah. way. But the others, I was just like, you're all the same. Try and make some differences. Like even the old woman who came down to test Paul, they're all wearing dark clothes as well. I was like, yeah. okay, clearly in the future, there is no color, Hammy. You know, we're all going <laughs> monotone, you know, uh, neutral colors. Like, and uh, even the, the Freemen are... Parts, yeah, even the parts yeah, in Caladan, right? The the, yeah, the if, homeworld of the Atreides, it was yeah, like, yeah. well, this is lush, right? Like, it, it sort of looks like Ireland, to be honest, right? Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. you go into the cliffs of Moher or something. Uh, but it's like, yeah, that could be a brighter green, right? Like, and it could exactly, be... Exactly, yeah, it's... And Hamid, mean, you know, I think Kanye West must have had a deal with the Freemen because they're all that neutral, you know, beigey colors uh, and easy. <laughs> so in the future, it looks like Kanye West is on to a point with the uh, fashion sense, you know. <laughs> if, uh, 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 that's what I kept thinking. I was like, there, like I get the Freemans thing with the, uh, Kanye West, and I was just thinking, Kanye West, you know, for all the things <laughs> we're calling him crazy, that man's making billions, you know, out there with uh, yeah, his, he's, uh, he's going to control the spice. He's <laughs> going to control the spice, right? On yeah. on that. Well, uh, yeah, like I, I think, yeah. That, the other thing, you know, right, coming with the the spice and everything, because it's not really. I don't know if it was completely explained, right? Like, obviously, I understand what is spice and what is used to and uh, for and and everything the in in world, right? But it's a very. I don't know. I think it was like 
maths plain, but you know, you don't yes. know exactly what well, it is. Do you know the only thing that uh, explains it is uh, so the only thing that they explained it was spice um, with one sentence. It controls the world. Whoever controls yeah. spice controls the world. It even controls spaceships. That was it, Hammy. You know, and I was yeah. like, okay, so my brain just supposed to uh, presume that spice is the shit. It's used for absolutely <laughs> everything. Whoever, you know, like that yeah. is how so, they did it. And I didn't, you know. Yeah, because it's a very, it's a very hippie book, right? Like it has a lot of things from the 60s. Remember, there was written yeah. in the 60s. Spice is basically like a, a, a super powerful drug, right? And the yeah. idea is that it expands your mind. And uh, gives you like superpowers and particularly a little bit of po of possibility of uh, seeing the future. And because of that, yeah. uh, the the travelers, like, like the people that the guild of of uh, space travel, right, are able to use it to travel yeah. through space faster than light, right? So they need it um, in order to for the inter interstellar traffic to to keep going, right? So it's like. Super important. Again, it's a metaphor for oil, right? Like if we run out of oil, like it will be a very bad time, right? As it happened in 73 yeah. with the oil uh, crisis, right? So crisis, the, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, that's, that's sort of like the metaphor and the way the spice is, is done. So the idea is that the spice is only harvested in Dune, right? It's the only source of yeah. uh, spice that exists in the universe. And that's why it's such a, a key element in the in the universe, right? It's a very, uh, very demanding environment because, uh, you know, it's very hard mm. and that's very done very clear on the movie and everything. But at the same time, you know, it can it can produce like a lot of money for whoever controls that, right? Yeah, and it has been controlled it. for a like lot a of years. Yeah, and and it has been controlled for a lot of time for the for the um, Harkonnen, and now it's going to be controlled by the Atreides because the emperor uh, just you know make a change, which obviously you know. But as, as why, Hammy? So this is what I I, I know that they're not going to reveal yeah. the whole idea, but and who is this empire that we don't even get yeah. a sight of? It was all this kind of planned, you know. Like for me, yeah, I, that was where up. as a viewer I was frustrated. Yeah. It was like, and yeah. then they were gone, uh, you know? Um, and when you go back to Jason Momoa, like his character, like they're pushing him to be attending all the, uh, you know, premieres, the events, Hammy. Mm -hmm. And the same goes with uh, Zaydana, who plays the character Chani. And it was just funny because mm -hmm. just today there was people on Twitter uh, complaining, saying, so, okay, uh, they've actually timed how long uh, Zaydana's character is in the movie. And that yeah. includes Hammy. The uh, mm -hmm. Paul's visions and all the same visions. Yeah. In a two and a half hour movie, she's only in it for seven minutes. Her level yeah. of dialogue is therefore even further reduced. And it's the same yeah. with Jason Momoa, where he just is at the plane and he goes like, mm -hmm. Paul goes, I want to come with you. And he goes, now is not the time. Yeah. And then he goes, I see your death. <laughs> all right. So I knew he's going to die. And then flash forward. Uh, the whole attack happens and I'm like, okay, waiting for him to die. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's like, he's not going to have a long life. So he probably had seven minutes. So the whole movie has been pushed as if, you know, you have Javier, you have Oscar who plays Paul's father. Um, you mm -hmm. have Chani. They're attending these premieres and pumping it. And you, they're trying to play with people's emotions saying, I want to watch it just because of Zidane. I'm a huge fan. You know, the fans yeah. watch it. I was watching it because I've heard great things about the book. So I was like, it's going to be interesting to see, mm -hmm. um, you know, how it's translated into a movie as in a modern movie. So that was my interest. It wasn't because of any particular actors. I mean, 
actors are actors. There's all the good ones and bad ones. I'm not going to watch a movie. Although that being said, the one person that I would watch uh, uh, his movie would be Denzel Washington because his usually mm-hmm. has a plot or a storyline in it, which I like. But in this one, it was like, I was like, okay, finally, other people are complaining like me. You know, you're pushing Zendana as if she is the main character when in fact, you know, Paul and his mother, Timothy and Rebecca, yeah. uh, they're the main guys. Like, you know, they're in most scenes. They're the ones, Hammy, that actually have dialogue for the most part. Yeah. Oscar, uh, you know, the Paul's father has lingering shots of looking uh, and has, you know, maybe one or two heartfelt conversations. And then yeah, that's it. Do you know what I mean? And so it's what, like for remembrance uh, now- now talking about uh, Paul's father, right? Like Duke Leto. Uh, how do you thought about the um, the shots of the bull and <laughs> and the bullfighter that was the you know the, and the I, father? I kept of thinking Duke. about Hammy wouldn't let me go and see the bullfight and look at this in Doom. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's what I kept thinking. I because was like, the, and look. The, him- the funny thing is that this is this is actually something that happens in the book, right? Like it's it's sort of copy like straight away from the book and everything. But it's uh, so so apparently the the father of the Duke, right, of of Oscar Isaacs of Duke Leto, he uh, he died in the bull ring, right? Like uh, bullfighting a bull, a hero. Right? which is yeah. like. Yeah, I mean a hero like they they apparently a hero's people in death, like, do that, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, and and so one of the things that is sort sort of the the theme in in the in the Duke, right? In Duke Letos is the fact that he is sort of uh, overwhelmed by that, right? So he he yeah. always tried to be uh, uh, to make his father proud, right? So there's like yeah. that kind of subject of you know, like oh, my father was super brave and was able to do things, and he's trying to do that to be like very bold, yeah. right? And and that's one of the things of the subject of the of the um, uh, of the things of the book, right? The, the fact. So there there's um, one thing that happens during Dune, and and that perhaps is not very obvious initially when you read it like the first time or when you watch the movie and everything is the fact that every single character is wrong in some fundamental way right and the duke is is wrong in his boldness right because he obviously takes the chance to try to see the the opportunity to get to to arrakis and everything when he knows yeah. there's something going on right like it's like this is too good to be true this is not why this is happening right like it's it's yeah. it's because uh, you know they're preparing a, a trap for him Right uh, to try yeah. to annihilate the the uh, the the one, and there's also other uh, characters that are wrong. Like every single character basically is is sort of wrong in some way or another. Right during the book, right, including Paul, which is. But I like the one. that, that Hammy, because. I think I like that if that's the kind of method, like that. There's a fundamental human flaw in us that uh, yeah. we. Overlook, like in uh, Oscar Isaac's case, he had this glory he wanted to be in. So he took up what yeah. seemed to be kind of out of the blue offer to go into it because he said the glory that he could get, and, you know, he can be his own man. And I think uh, the same with, you know, um, uh, Paul's mother, who uh, as the only thing I grasped, Tammy, was, you know, when the mm-hmm. old woman from that uh, uh, wizard or uh, uh, yeah. the magic group came and says, then you fell in love. Yeah. So you fell in love and you trained the boy. So that led me to think that it was a feminist group, as in they only wanted females and female heirs <laughs> no, like to learn the what art they want, of whatever the mother. No, what they want is a different thing. So they, this group, right, the Bene Gesserit, it's a group that uh, they are trying to create yeah. um, like 
basically a messiah. Like it's not exactly a messiah, but it's something. So this, again, this is a very hippie kind of book and everything. So it's assumed that there's this order of uh, females because they're all females that uh, are experts in controlling their body right in in a lot of different ways like controlling you know controlling their fear controlling controlling to the point that they can choose if they want a boy or a girl right <laughs> when they are pregnant right which is something that uh, they they touch on right because it was supposed that Paul should be a woman right but they are creating a breeding program for thousands of years to try to get like the best specimens and try to do like basically what he said, eugenetics uh, uh, program to try to produce uh, a man that will be able to to have a lot of the powers that females have achieved, right? So there is this yeah. sort of but like mystic kind of order that they have. They're a feminist group. Honey, yeah, sort they're of. They're a feminist well, group. Let's, let's decide. Yeah, but they, they, they need a, a man. So I don't know if that makes them a feminist, right? Like they ultimately they need a man to produce the proper men. Um, but that's ultimately the aim because they know that's ultimately the game. But for now, they're going to pick and choose which men uh, can get that position. So for me, I was like, okay, this is a feminist group <laughs> because all the women here seem to be powerful and the men uh, seem to just be like, okay, let's have a fight, bang, bang, and they're dead, you know? And Paul yeah. seems to have got the, the trick. You know, like he was the chosen one because Oscar, his father, wanted a male heir. Yeah, so so the the idea, like their breeding program that they have, and they have it growing a, a lot of time, is to to join the Harkonnen branch with the Atreides branch, right? And for that, yeah. there's another character that ha- didn't appear on the on the movie, for sure will appear in the second one because it's an important character called Faith Rauta, that uh, you know they want to join uh, with the son of the duke with this guy, right? And then their song will be like the Quich uh, Hadarach, which is the like the superhero mm-hmm. that is going to be able to use everything that the that the, the uh, necessary kind of everything, right? So yeah. that's that's sort of the idea. But again, they're wrong because they they sort of generate that one generation earlier in Polatridis. And uh, at the same time, they are convinced that they are going to be able to control that, right? To to use yeah. it for their own purposes. But it it backfires because, you know, they actually alienate him uh, uh, because he he gets, you know, like quite alienated by them. So he's not going to be their puppet, basically, right, on on, yeah. on that. So um, so you have that kind of, of thing where he's supposed to be like the, the product of, again, an eugenistic program for thousands of years to try to generate that kind of superman right like the 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 someone that is able to access well it's it's sort of even able to access their ancestral memory right like all the memory of people yeah. uh, that uh, uh, you know your fathers and your father's fathers and etc or parents because includes the mothers right so um yeah. and there's some things like as you can see that the the Bene Gesserit are able to do like the voice that they use in the movie quite extensively and um the weirding attacks, which, uh, you know, uh, they, they did like a comment because the um, uh, Lady Jessica, which is the, the uh, Paul's mother, uh, she's fighting at the end with some yeah. Fremen. And she used something called weirdling, which is like the, the way the Bene Gesserit uh, um, fight, which is supposed to be like super fight. quick and 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 everything. And it's like sort of magical, right? Like, so they have, the, the thing again with Dune is that it's very 60s and they have like a lot of power that is like, oh, the power of mind is going to be super expanded and you use this drug and then you're yeah. sort of superhuman, right? <laughs> which is yeah. uh, quite much in the, in the, in the era. <laughs> No, I mean, and I totally get that, but, uh, you know, 
what I found was, you know, um, Rebecca, who plays Paul's mother, she wasn't being pushed. Mm-hmm. So I actually didn't, I thought she was just peripheral to this whole Dune uh, book uh, uh, and that they were pushing like the likes of Jason Momoa, the guy mm-hmm. from, um, uh, you know, um, Game of Thrones and Zendana. And I know Chani's character is huge, but in this movie, yeah. she isn't cute. Uh, basically, I think the movie has three, well, the book from what I see is going to have Chani. You have, you know, the peripheral characters who are playing mm-hmm. key, like, you know, the um, old woman who is kind of trying to control and create the messiah, as you said, but she's mm-hmm. doing it in a group setting. But Paul's mother and Paul himself uh, are the three kind of mean uh I think characters in the books and everybody else's peripherals uh, in terms of trying to see the dy- dynamics between the three that are going to be established. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I totally underestimated uh, the mother's role into it and the significance that she actually has because they started off with, you know, everybody kind of looking at Oscar, the empires and sent down a message, you know, and she was just mm-hmm. playing the good old housewife. Um, I only liked one thing that the old woman said is that it's not because you're the um, son of, I can't remember Oscar Isaac's name in the book or yeah. the movie, Leto. but yeah, you're the daughter of Jessica, which is why they're yeah. testing him. It's not because he was thinking, which is my father. Which is the, the thing that goes with the breeding program, right? Because they have made uh, Jessica, right? Like it's, yeah. it's part of that program, right? So it's like, okay, we have Jessica, which is sort of like the, the objective that we had. Mm-hmm. And we are breeding him, breeding her with, with the Duke, right? Like, so it's, she's under their control, right? And it, she's a Bene Gesserit as well. And they put that uh, towards um, mm. the the duke, and then you know they have a, a, a kid. So the the kid itself himself is is also have like all that uh, gene line, right? Yeah, that yeah. goes through Jessica, right? As well as yeah. the as the uh, which uh, makes Apollo's um, significant or potentially the Messiah when yeah. they arrive with the Freeman shouting, saying, "Oh, he's the Messiah again." There was no translation uh, of it. It was yeah. just somebody says they uh, they view you as the Messiah to be. You know, I mean, and he, yeah. I was like, okay, at least I get that. If you know, there are parts where they could have translated, and which is also the- interesting. One thing there, uh, which is interesting, because in the other movie they didn't uh, went through that route. So the idea is this: also the Bene Gesserit has been manipulating the the the, the world from some some um, you know a long time ago to try to infer the idea, to to plant the idea in the culture that there's a Messiah that is going to come, right? Mm. Preparing, like, in, in a lot of time, right? Trying to prepare the and to meet with the with the customs of the of the world to try to make them um receptive to the idea that there's a messiah coming from another world to get that right so it's it's a manipulation really right yeah, so no, more I, than I, really I think it's very clever like with a, that a messiah in the term of religious right like a, yeah, a, a yeah. chosen one or or sort of a it's a it's a so, sort of self uh, self fulfilled prophecy right like okay we prepare that because we know that we are going to get someone that is going to be superhuman or very close to superhuman and uh, we want people to accept their idea and religiously think that he is the chosen one right 
Can I ask, Hami, because you've read the books, but what are, mm-hmm. what's the purpose? What is their purpose for this? Like, do they want to control the world? Do they want to manipulate people's thoughts? You know, it's like, for me, it, that self a level of thought and consideration is what we see in modern society with the media propaganda, the clever mm-hmm. ads uh, in the social media to manipulate. So we begin to believe what's not there and believe in a certain philosophy or as you say, uh, religious or cultural uh, undertones. Mm-hmm. But what in the book, like what is yeah, the so, purpose of these groups? Yeah, so we ha- we have the the two main groups, right? Like are the Harkonnen and the Treaties, right? Like it's very obvious what they want, right? Like the Treaties wants to um, consolidate their power in uh, getting uh, uh, Iraqis and getting more money and everything. While the Harkonnen, uh, what they they want is uh, to plot, you know, to eliminate them, right? Because there have been some rivalry on that. Yeah, uh, you have the emperor, right? That uh, he he's worried about the ascent of uh, uh, the House Atreides because they are getting influence with other noble houses. Yeah, right. You have the Bene Gesserit that they are uh, trying to get their their breeding program and trying to get to this which that Haderach, which will be this this person that will be able to access and to have all those powers and everything. And uh, you also have other uh, smaller groups, right, that are go- trying to do things like the the Space Guild that they are basically trying to they they are interested in the sp- the spice flow and yeah. everything. And there's another another um, one that is sort of. It's never very important in the books, but it's sort of like looming, which is uh, called Choam, which is the sort of like a, an interstellar commerce agency, right? Like they have the monopoly of, of transferring goods and they're supposed okay. to be like hyper powerful because they have like do- that much money, right? So basically the, the different groups and obviously you have the Fremen, which what they want is you know, to to get more power in their own land because they're basically invaded, right? So there's also another of the undertones that are quite strong in the in the book of the themes is colonialism, right? Like yeah. what happens if you get a country that has uh, some natural resource? There's these guys coming from out of the seas, right, in a different planet, and they're basically uh, picking all the spice mm. they can and not giving anything, right? So that's that's also the- something the people who are from that so because it was an interesting we watched this with our friend Ronaldo and I had an interesting conversation with him afterwards Mm -hmm. and I was like you know it's quite obvious they're trying to push us away from you know the bald man you know constantly you know it's deemed up or or, you know who survived uh, Paul's father uh, attempt of execution and had the John Baptista see I remember the actors names Hammy but I I, you know the names are so difficult uh, (laughs) of the I know Chani is a simple name I know uh, Paul is a simple name and Jessica, but the others, I just know them by yeah. the actors. It's, it's called uh, Raban, like the beast Raban. Yeah. So he, do you know, like you kind of know that they're the bad guys because, you know. Also names are quite, quite difficult because, you know, like you have things like Hufit Tawat or something like that. I've yeah, never yeah. been able to pronounce it, which is the name of the mentat of the house at 3D. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some, some of the names are crazy. Yeah. So like um, in that sense, Sammy, so I was like, okay, I know that they're the bad guys from the outside. You see them, uh, you know, the freemen in their own home country, you know, being exploited and abused. And I think the ideology behind that is very clever that he was trying to use it as a metaphor but like at the same time i was like okay i know i'm rooting for like oscar isaac and his family but they Mm -hmm. are also trying to exploit the poor freemans in their home country do you know what i mean so i'm like 
I still don't know who I'm supposed to care for. Am I supposed to care for the fact that the Freemans are seemingly blessed with the spice, but in a harsh climate and let's exploit them. And uh, our friend uh, Ronaldo, he's like, now Sana, you're getting too political into this. And he goes, you know, we don't know who is good or bad. We can't say the Freemen are good. They may be using the spice for some ulterior motive as well. And I was like, and now come on, Ronaldo, if I'm in my own home and somebody tries to kick me out, then they're the bad guys, quite obvious. And I think a lot of people would agree with it. But it was interesting to see his take on it that, you know, he was like, it's just, you know, enjoy the movie. And I was like, I need to rationalize everything. That's my problem. And and there's also like, again, uh, one thing that that happens in the the book and everything is the fact that there's not really good guys, at least not in the the traditional sense, right? Like at the end of the, and and again, this is a spoiler from the end of the book, right? But at the end of the book, when the Fremen are successful, right? They launch a jihad, which is the name they use in the, the term they use in the book. They avoided that in the movie, I think for a good reason. Um, they they avoid the the term, but they they send a jihad across the the universe, killing in Paul's name uh, uh, like billions of people, right, or trillions of people, right? But so, why? But why in Paul's name did Paul want them or to well, get revenge from the finally, persecution they had? And again, this is spoilers for second part of the movie. Uh, uh, Paul becomes sort of like a messiah figure for the Fremen, yeah. right? They exploit the the um, their um religious um beliefs right to make uh, like Jessica and Paul to make them believe that he is like the their uh, messiah yeah again that was planted by the Bene Gesserit thousands of years ago and they are able to first sort of unify all the fremen right that the fremen are uh, really good warriors but they are not unified right yeah, which again, you know, undertones and everything of of things, because they live in such hard, uh, harsh environment that they have to be like super good warriors, and because of that, they are able to revolt against the against the Harkonnen and finally against the Empire, and they win about that, right? But that doesn't necessarily make them the good ones, and that's sort of uh, uh, as well. That's sort of the wrong. Um, the wrong of of Paul Atreides, right? Like he's he's things that he can sort of avoid becoming like this kind of responsible for a, a, mm. a starting a war that will kill trillions of people across the universe, right? Yeah. On on no, that. No, but I think that's an interesting proposition because uh, what you see time and time ago uh, uh, that history has repeated is when you have people come in, you have people supporting oh the uh, the country that's been occupied or the country mm-hmm. that's been attacked. But what often happen in society is that the people or the group that were persecuted become the persecutors in the yeah. end because they feel that it's their divine right that they have survived such hard conditions that they're going to do whatever they can to protect themselves, uh, even if it means exploiting other people who would traditionally be in their same position. We have history yeah. repeating itself constantly in all these geopolitical and religious uh, um fights that are happening in mm-hmm. modern society um so for me i think that's a, a a good way of thinking it you know you may be good and this is why in my head i'm trying to rationalize it but ronaldo's great at it he said you don't need to rationalize it like there is there are good and there is bad and there are times when yeah. we are all good there are times when we are pushed to the bad side of it and i totally get that and that's what remember in our one of our first few podcasts we talked about zombies and apocalypse mm-hmm. and the whole point of being in the apocalyptic world is not about oh look the 
there's cool zombies there. No, what interests me is the human dynamics yeah. and how, you know, when push comes to shove, someone so good uh, can become so ruthless and someone yeah. who uh, wanted to do good can become evil because the power gets to them. And I think it's the same thing that Frank Herbert is saying. And it's actually when I was reading up about Frank Herbert out of interest, because I was like, he's a fascinating man um, to foresee and talk about these, as you say, uh, the importance of the environment, even for climate change individuals, mm -hmm. uh, if people, he was actually one that kind of embeds uh, environmental concerns mm -hmm. and issues into the science fiction world kind of things and how yeah. that, you know, human beings will find a way to survive, but at what cost um, mm -hmm. and what does that mean for the wider climate and the environment? So I think that was a very clever aspect with uh, I, it was a phrase I often use for when I'm lecturing corporate governance, Hami, uh, and it's a phrase that keeps popping up that is going to be associated, uh, that is associated with Frank Herbert. And I'm going to actually quote him in my next corporate governance class. Mm -hmm. But it was basically, uh, he was saying that governments do not uh, uh, come together to be evil. Uh, I'm obviously paraphrasing it uh, and yeah. probably destroying it, but essentially, you know, governments and the ruling class, they want to do good, but then it comes to the point that the power gets to them um, and that power, they'll do whatever they can, which includes immoral and unethical behavior. Mm -hmm. um, it's like that saying, power corrupts all and absolute yeah. power corrupts absolutely. So he's trying to get to that uh, in that instance. So as you say, Paul never wanted to be bad or do something, but he has to embrace it to be able to have some sort of quality of life uh, from what I gather in the books, because in the first uh, uh, hour and a half, he's like arguing with his mother. No, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. But he's like at the very end with that fight where he's the mother, they're like, why is he asking the guy to yield? And yeah. the mother goes, Jessica goes, he's never killed someone. So he's kind of like being principled, which you can't. Yeah, well, they, they throw like half an hour earlier in the movie, they throw someone out from the ornithopter, right? Yeah. <laughs> right to the to the desert. So I don't know if that will, that will... But it wasn't like he had killed them directly. He was under attack. So it was more of a self-defense yeah. yeah. as opposed to murder, Hammy. So I think yeah. if you go into that room and you'll, uh, your uh, one's brain can play the trick, I didn't kill him. I, it was manslaughter as yeah. opposed to murder, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, and one thing actually, because, uh, you know, Frank Herbert, uh, if you read about him, I'm, I'm sure that you read that he was involved in politics. He was um, a speechwriter, right, in for the Senate, uh, at times on Mac McCarthyism. So it, it has to be an interesting time to, interesting area to yes. be around politics. And um, he was like super um, worried about that, right? So the, the, the fact that Dune is... Um, in in several aspects is also like a warning for uh, for leadership, right? Like uh, the different kinds of leadership and how they can fail, right? Because you have on one end you have like again we have talked about the the, the Duke uh, Leto that he is uh, ultimately ineffective, right? Like he's mm. like sort of a good person and he is sort of doing things the wrong the the correct way and going very you know very honestly and and everything but ulti ultimately he's ineffectual right like he he brings his house to doom yeah, basically he destroys right? it destroys it right with yeah. with his recklessness right like he's not necessarily the best right uh you also have the the uh, baron harkonnen right that he's more into uh well first of all like he he's like super evil character right and to the point that he's like you know and he's fat and you know he has like a lot of bad things and uh, associated with a little gluttony. bit gluttony do you know yeah. that that just a gluttonous uh um 
in exterior ugly and interior ugly yeah. person. Yeah, and uh, well, in the in the in the books, there's a part where he's supposed to be and and uh, not in this book, but in other books that is supposed to be a, a disease and everything. But anyway, like the the idea of the character is is a repulsive character, right? Yeah. But he's he's um, more uh, leader uh, leadering through fear and through well basically controlling the impulse of of people right like trying to trying to appeal to the the worst of people right being yeah. by fear being by greed right like he's appealing to the emperor by greed and and fear and everything and manipulate people and you have like um uh, paul which finally is like more a religious leader right and how that come become completely out of control yeah. by a lot of people and then you know they decide to start killing a lot of people in in their name basically um so you have a lot of that which i think is, is very you know like it is a kind of book that you can read several times and every time that you will find something, something extra. New, which i think um, is a very fascinating thing to do it's very clever so i think the social political religious dynamics and you know this is the 60s and 70s as you're saying you know the middle east all of that was a conversation and of interest and in mm-hmm. particularly with the uh, russian dynamics as well and all these natural resources so i think for me i totally engaged with that but it was just as a viewer of the movie I wanted to say, can you just give more clarity on the yeah, idiots like yeah. me? It's, who... it, it, do you need like an, uh, oh yeah, when they're referring to these, they're they're talking, because another thing that happens, right, the same way that they talk about, uh, the book talks about different kinds of leadership, right? It also talks about different kinds of superhuman abilities, right? So you have the mentats, right? Like those guys that uh, they put their the eyes blank, right? That that was a clever um, uh, special effect to to show them. Yes. So one one thing that is important in Dune, and and obviously that's very much on purpose, is the fact that there are no computers, right? Yes. So there are no computers because that was an interest of Herbert, right? Like he he wanted to make something say, okay, imagine there's no computers. There has been something called uh, the Baudelarian Jihad. That was again the the word again he had yeah. uh, a holy war against uh, creating computers uh, machines that can think like human right yeah and they are completely banned in the universe right so there's no technology based in computers that's why the the navigators the 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 space guild they need to travel with people that can see the future and everything because they can do calculations like you will do yeah. in a, in a computer right yeah. and the mentats are people that are trained to be like human computers right yeah. so they are trained to be like super smart analytic and and configuring everything right but ultimately, they are sort of pointless at, you know, they're not superhuman in the in the sense that they can't avoid being mistaken, right? Like they are mistaken yeah. as well, and they are mistaken because at the start of the, at the start of the book, right? There's a there's a point where they are, um, you know, that the traitor is going to be Doctor Yue, right? Which is it's also a very small character. Sometimes you don't really know exactly why he's so trusted, right? Um, he's a doctor, Hamid. Yeah, think... but he's a doctor, and the, the thing in the movie, do you, you saw that he has like a like a, a square on the like a rhombus on the on the yes. diamond on the on the forehead? So that's supposed to be that he went to a particular school, and the people from that particular school they're supposed to have like a conditioning so strong that they're not able to cause harm harm to their uh, patients, right? Yeah. So everyone is trusting him because you know, like he's supposed to be completely unbreakable, but he's Which not is, because. Thing that I wouldn't have necessarily copped on on unless you have read the book. Yeah, because just, that's what they haven't said they, they didn't say that on the on the movie, right? Like, which I think is is a little bit strange because it really is something a little bit uh, weak on my on my 
you know, from my point yeah. of view, the fact that, you know, why this guy is a traitor, like, okay, yeah, he could be, right? Cause, like, Because his wife was kidnapped. And I was yeah. like, uh, the guy, I was like, read the fine print. I mean, someone says, I will save your significant other. Okay, save from torture, save yeah. from uh, a life of, uh, uh, you know, pain, you know, and exactly what happened. I was like, guy sold his soul uh, to the devil and the devil killed them all but yeah. i like the one twist was that he puts uh, uh, the, you know he uh, uh, the rotten um um yeah the fake or tooth. Tooth. Yeah. yeah so with, i thought uh, that was clever because that was kind of like his plan b and yeah. i like that hammy because it was like kind of a clever uh, a strategy move and yes i know we can sit here and criticize the doctor for you know trusting the bad guy but you know um it's kind of like if that person or it's a villain and has killed thousands of people, why yeah. would he honor his commitment to you? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's, it's sort of like, you know, did okay, that happen yeah, this, in the book, Hammy? Yeah. It's, it's exactly as it's happened in the, in the book. Right. So he's, he's sort of planning the vengeance because he knows that he's going to probably, you know, he's going to, to kill him and kill his wife as well Yeah. on, on that. Right. So, but he's, he's, you know, there's, there's some chapters that is about, him like super pressure because you know he has to go through it and obviously he has the conditioning and he has he doesn't necessarily want to because you know those are the, their friends and and things and and he's talking to different people right and he's talking yeah. to 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 the mentat right which is uh, again is sort of like super intellectual and he's able to do all these calculations and everything and he's not able to detect that he's a traitor because he thinks that the uh, condition is completely unbreakable yeah. and at the same time he talks to jessica as well uh which is uh, capable of feeling something but um you know because she's compassionate he she's not because she's sort of an empath right like she she can't analyze as well but she's able to detect feelings of other people's has and yeah. and everything so again they're not able they're wrong they're not able to detect that right so you have um I think a breakup from the from the traditional science fiction uh, way when you have someone that is super smart and then able to do everything right. Yeah. And the good science fiction and and you know in that there's a lot of, a lot of things like Asimov and things like that is about okay let's imagine what happens if someone is so into, uh, uh, so smart that is a computer basically a computer right. Well, he's still he can still fail. Right, because yeah. there are some things, and what happens if this person is, you know, super empathy, empathy, uh, empath, mm. and he can sort of read the emotions of people and blah blah. There's a still failures <laughs> to yeah. that, right? So it's a lot about those kind of failures. Uh, the book is a lot about those kind of failures, right? Like there's another mentor that uh, he died on the on the poison gas, right? Uh, um, which he, he also has like the the thing on the lips, right? Like they they have like a. Um, like a tattoo on the lips or something like that. They yeah. represent like like that. That he's important in the book. They never. They. I think he talks like two lines or <laughs> even less than that, right? In the, in the whole movie. But anyway, you know, like he dies, and I think that was you know okay to to cut back. But there, there's so many characters, right? Like the thing is with you. I know. Is that I get that, and it's hard to do so. But I just find that. There's not a lot of dialogue. I, I'm like picturing yeah. it. And I was like, it's just more visions. And and I think, but then it goes back to the director. As you said, that's the kind of artistic. He, he wants you as the, um, you know, uh, viewer of his movie to make your own interpretations as well. Yeah. And 
I like, you know, I like that at times, but I just also like to be told like, okay, these are the good guys for now. These yeah. are the bad guys. This is the purpose that they're trying to aim, like the rationalization of it, you know. Um, there was a movie uh, we watched uh, with Ronaldo as well, and it kind of reminded me that everybody loved, uh, uh, I think it was uh, No Country for Old uh, Yeah, No men. Country for Old Men, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, and I get, and then the bad guy just, uh, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen that, <laughs> Uh, if you're trying to find a rationalization for it, you're not going to enjoy it. Like it was good drama, but it was just like the end. And it was kind of like, wait, but I haven't been clarified about what happened yeah. to those people. Why did the bad guy become who he is? How cruel and ruthless. You know, the backstory is important to me. And the rationalization as to why human beings do certain things. Mm -hmm. But then as Ronaldo says, you know, some people are psychopaths and there is yeah. no rationalization for it. And you just have to accept it. But for me, I think everything has to be rationalized and that's my take on movies. So you yeah. can't please everybody and I'd say that to it, but you know, uh, did you enjoy it, Hammy? Were you? Yeah, I, I like it. So one thing that I think it was very, very well captured was the mood. Uh, again, as I said, the, the mood of the movie, right? The, the mood of the book, right? I like the fact that things that I will consider that are important are still there, right? Like the fact yeah. that, um, you know, because for example, in the 1984 movie, uh, Paul becomes like a superhuman and like the the proper messiah, right? Like at yeah. the end there, it's raining in, in Arrakis and everything, which is not what the book is about, right? Like to me, that's sort of like, okay, it's fine for the movie, but, you know, it's not really what the movie is about. Well, I think that here, the the themes that we talk about, like the colonial, um, uh, colonialism, the, the you know, the world building yeah. itself, the the different elements, the... the the idea of the different leaderships, et cetera, I think they're contained there, right? So yeah. I can I can see them. I think they trim things that are um there, there are a couple of things obviously, right? Like I would like to have like the uh, doctor a little bit more explained. I li I like also the fact that the doctor is not using any kind of equipment, right? Like he's yeah, just yeah. like touching someone and saying like, oh yeah, yeah, you're fine. Like your blood blood levels are perfectly. Because are perfect. he's so magical and that's yeah. the a future advancement of medical science. And you know, yeah. I believed it, you know, because I'm like, yeah. okay, and, we're a thousand the, years in the future. The book is a little bit like that in the, in the sense that there's a lot of things that are supposed to be achieved through training, not necessarily necessarily through uh, a device right so yeah. because i think that's that was sort of the idea of of uh, frank herbert right like uh, dune is not necessarily a movie about oh we have this technology that is magical and then we do something with that right like there's yeah. other science fiction that is about that it's more about people right and how what people can achieve and you know there's a lot of oh this drug will expand your mind again 60s right and yeah. uh, so it has a lot of that so so yeah, probably that that part, you know, a little bit more of the character of of uh, Washington Jue, which is the the doctor. The doctor, uh, I, it, I liked it for whatever scenes he was. Ham, you're right. Yeah. I, I liked it. You know, even the way that he got um, uh, disabled, Oscar Isaac. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, that was very. You know, it was kind of sleek, and it goes back to that martial air, uh, and that you know, despite the, the advancement in society, it's actually mankind, as you say, yeah. are the powerful beings as opposed to depending on computer or mm -hmm. robots or technology which is which you know i i get and i, I totally dig that because it's kind of different to what we see right now i mean and a lot of science fictions are all kind of technology based this is kind yeah. of like go back to the basics uh, which is which is fine right like there's uh yeah. for example going back to a asimov uh i think the the robot books are great right and they're all about technology right like what happens yeah. if you have robots that are uh 
smart enough to be able to do a lot of things, right? It's just that the book is not about this, right? So I like that. Probably to me, it will make sense to try to make the first part until they are running in the desert a little bit longer to capture all those kind of things. And the part when they go to the desert, I think that could have been compressed a little bit uh, on that because, uh, you know, I mean... It's fine. I don't think it was especially long or or anything, and and it was fast paced and everything. But I think you know it it could have been dream. You know, if I could choose, probably I would prefer a little bit more of the setup because I think that's where things happen. Yeah. Uh, there there's some interesting things like you know not showing the emperor, for example, in the in the mm. beginning. Uh, yeah, that was it's for all, me. Yeah, and, and frustrating. Yeah, and and I think it's a little bit confusing in some cases, right? To try to set up the whole universe so for you to understand that um, correctly. Can I right? ask, Hemi, given that you've read the books and a few of the books, and we're going to touch base on that in, in a few seconds, you know, um, what is the Empire's ultimate goal? Because, I, you know, I, I'm again, this is my mind-wanting yeah. rationalization. You know, why is he threatened by Paul's family lineage? Yeah. Um, like, what is his goal? Like, so he's the making idea a deal in, with the devil, yeah. essentially. Yeah, so because he gets uh, scared about the power of Atreides, right? So he thinks that uh, so the the Atreides families uh, is influential in in the so the the world in Dune has three different blocks. One is the Emperor, right? Another one is the Space Guild, right? The the ones that are able to trans- transport people from one uh, part of the universe to another, and the other one is the the um, the group of noble families. Right, which is called the Landsrat, and it, they're supposed to be to be in sort of equilibrium, right? Like so, the the emperor is uh, powerful enough to not care about individual house uh, houses, uh, noble houses, mm. because he's more powerful than them. Uh, but the combination of them, if every single of them get uh, joined, they perhaps they will be enough go- uh, strong enough to take down the the emperor, mm. right? So what happens is that he's um, scared that the house atreides is getting too much influence and he could be under threat for them uh, because he ha- the 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 house atreides has a lot of influence uh, across the different houses and then you know the the baron what he says is like oh we can do this that we are going to um uh, to annihil- annihilate uh, the the house atreides right so you're not going to be scared on that you'd put mm. that uh, us again on on front of uh, of Iraqis, and you know we, it's a win win situation because we destroy the ha- the house of traders that we have been um, scared for, right? So they're supposed to be, and they, there's also the idea that they are getting the best warriors in the in the so they have like a lot of um, techniques and and things that they are doing and everything that they are becoming better and better warriors, right? So they are scared mm-hmm. that at some point they will be. Uh, oh, uh, they'll good, overtake and they can. They they will overtake them. So you know the the emperor really is is more about oh he's a scare that that could happen right that there's no indication that that could happen but you know he's he's just plotting. But that's what I mean. For that. Like 
because you had read the book, so you got to see it. Out of context, yeah. you know, uh, you know, Paul and his family were seen to be just kind of doing what the empire wants them to do and be noble and honorable. And then, bang, they're betrayed, and you're kind of like, "All right, thanks for letting us know." But two hours <laughs> into it, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's what I kept thinking. And like yeah. the word, as you say, is interesting because you know, as I said, it goes back to Frank Herbert's study and uh, you know, uh, references of uh, the Muslim and Arabic language and faith, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and culture, jihad is a word. Uh, you've just said it's it's struggle, personal struggle. So you know, it's gone obviously negative connotation because you know, crazy terrorist wants to do, you know, their jihad and what they believe is a personal struggle for their glory of a particular cause or issue. But jihad simply means uh, have me a personal struggle. So for me, my personal struggle is to avoid eating too much sugar during the day. <laughs> I fail at it sometimes, you know. <laughs> but look, that's it's not a going struggle. Well. Like we could. No, it's never going well. I, you know, I make a progress for five hours. I'm like, I deserve a treat. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm going back into the sugar uh, thing. But that is what a jihad is. You may be doing a jihad trying to finish, you know, uh, exams or study or pass. So, uh, you know, overcome something. And jihad then comes into the political world where Mm -hmm. your country, for example, is under attack. So you you combine your jihads, which is to defend your country um, and your beliefs and combine and have that jihad against the uh, oppressors. So I think the connotation has been taken out of the context, uh, yeah. just like the terrorists uh, using the Quran at specific sections and not actually reading the full, you know, a section or paragraph. Or in our experience from WorkCamp, how I say is that somebody trying to manipulate senior management to use yeah. your email, but instead of using the full email, they just copy and paste half the uh, paragraph yeah to make it look like you said a certain thing without actually mm-hmm. reading the full context uh, that's happened to me, Hammy. I'm that sure sounds a strangely, a strangely precise, yes. <laughs> Pretty sure that happened to you. Yes. <laughs> Uh, well, obviously. So, I, and that's it's just, uh, like uh, it's a very bold thing to do. Like you never, like that's why it's important. And I don't judge things when the media or somebody was given out. I'm like, but you don't know, you know, if they have an argument with the press. What what were the press doing beforehand? Were they constantly bombarding yeah. them, harassing them, which pushed them to yeah. the bottom? So, I think it's important that we take things in context. And a society, uh, Hami, we aren't doing that. We see headings. We're like, oh my god, this person bullied this person, but you yeah. don't actually know the context of what happened yeah in 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 this case so again the book is from 1965 right so so it was used the the word you had in in dune is you is used uh to mean holy war right like in in a more yeah. traditional let's say like you know not not very um um pleasing <laughs> uh, connotation yes. but it was it was used as part of a lot of words that are taken from arabic right and other languages as well to sort of create a thing the, the thing is right now right like they, they never said the word jihad in the movie right like in the yeah. they say holy war and uh, in the trailer they say crusade at some point, yeah. which is sort of the same idea, right? And I will be fine to say, yeah. you know, the Butlerian uh, Crusade or whatever. Um, but it's just that, you know, in the mo- in the book, it, it's it's a term probably they want to avoid for the connotations that they have in the real in real world, right? Yeah, which is because it could interesting, people, right, on yeah. itself. You know, for them to, 
not used the word uh, jihad given its negative connotation and mm-hmm. as you say crusade you know whatever it's a holy war you know like the example I, I gave you you know a group of people can come together because their personal struggle or their ideology or their country is being yeah. oppressed so you know I get that from a marketing perspective because you know yeah. there's a lot of there, there's even you know because the religion the official religion in Dune uh, is uh, they follow something that is sort of like the bible which is called the Catholic Orange Bible, I think, <laughs> which is, again, is amalgamating things, right? Which Why is, orange? Well, do you know the orange uh, order here in Ireland and, well, in, in things? So it's sort of like a oh, mess yes, of like the, uh, the Catholic and Protestant, right? So it's trying yes. to mix those both things. It's supposed to be like an amalgamation of things. It, it's never very, very uh, precise of exactly what it means and what yeah. do they believe. Yeah. It's just... It's just an excuse or a plot device to make people to not do things right. Like they, they only think uh, there's a couple of things that they do. For example, there's no computers, right? And that's yeah. because there's there's a, a um, that's one of the mandamentals of the, of that, right? Like you you won't create machines that resemble a human mind, and um, and I don't know if there's something else, but they're supposed to be like the you know this. The way it's it's created. It's not that everyone believe has the same religion because the people in the Fremen has their own religion. Yeah. But it's that's sort of like the religion the religion of the empire. Okay. Right. Well, that makes sense. Okay. The one thing, another thing that annoyed me uh, that I didn't know was uh, the fact that Jessica isn't actually deemed as the the wife. Yes. Of, She's a concubine. Um, yeah. And I was like. Okay, but explain that because apparently there's so much in love and Oscar doesn't have like a wife. Usually when they say, uh, uh, you know, a mistress, for example, yeah. there's a wife in the picture. But here there was no wife. Oscar seemed to love and I was like, I don't get it. So I had to Google it, Hammy. Yeah. And then they clarified that it was because, you know, um, you know, if there was a suitable marriage arrangements for lineage purposes, yeah. then he could marry while at the same time, as you said. Having concubines, yeah. Yes. Uh, and then that uh, feminist group, I'm going to call them that, uh, <laughs> could still have uh, effect and influence uh, lineage and uh, create that messiah that they're looking for by allowing members of uh, their you know, um, group to mm-hmm. essentially shackle up with the various different uh, um, you know, yeah. individuals. So an- another thing that the Bene Gesserit does is that they're supposed to provide concubines for noble houses, yeah. right? So the idea is that they are sort of, yeah, it's, it's just a strange because it's it looks like a religious order. It looks like a bunch of nuns, but they are sort of selling wives which is yes. weird right but and, they don't and... get the full protection of a wife uh, yeah, at exactly. the same yeah, time but, yeah they're selling like i don't know se- sex slaves <laughs> you know well they love each other but you know not necessarily so uh, it's it's a weird concept oscar can kick her to the side no matter yeah. how powerful jessica is because of lineage you know and, and that happens at the end of the book right like he uh, uh, paul marries this daughter of the emperor right as a yeah. way of becoming emperor himself, right? And he has the the wife, which is the you know the emperor daughter, right? For lineage kind of thing, and she has a concubine, which is which is Chani, right? So yeah, no, the, so like all all I needed, Hammy, was literally three sentences that I read yeah. online that clarified, and I was like, ah, okay, that makes sense. But like yeah. the normal person is like, okay, but where's the wife? Because in my head. 
you would just be considered in a relationship or whatever. And yeah. I get that. They don't, and the book should have clarified even one or two sentences or dialogues. Over yeah, this, no, no. It, it's quite clear the fact that she's a concubine and that she's not the official wife. Uh, no, but in the, the movie, they should have clarified that. I apologize, yeah, they, I said the book. They just said that in, as a throwaway line that is, oh, I should have married you or something, right? Um, yeah, and that's was, the only mentions like, that they have. Yeah, the problem like, for that. Yeah, well, I guess that they have to. Well, they don't. Then I'm like, have is Paul the legitimate heir then? Because if you're going down to marriages and legitimate heirs, is actually Paul the legitimate heir for that family then? Well, if he's the only son, I guess so. so because there's no competing. <laughs> I know son. because they don't explain. Yeah, you but know, yeah, if, uh, if, if, you, if you think in yeah, if you think in medieval terms, she he wouldn't right like it will be yes. like a bastard son basically so yes they, yeah but that, uh, there but was bastard sons is... that they were sort of accepted but they weren't the official heirs right able to yeah. inherit so so that's where my confusion was happening so i was like so then is he the messiah or is he not because his mother has not married him and the whole point is the father can marry somebody else and create an official lineage like yeah well the, the but the lineage itself like, the one that the Bene Gesserit are, are, are looking for is a, a generic one, right? Not necessarily a lineage one. The nobles are interested in the in the official lineage, right? Because uh, they yeah, have yeah. like their rules and who's going to inherit what and the, the dukedom and, you know, the planets and everything. And the, the sign, right? He has like a, a ring with the sign of uh, Atreides. Um, the, a seal of Atreides. And I don't know how, how you say that where he's signing and everything. Uh, yeah. So that that's more like the official thing, and he's becoming that because he's the heir. But um, at the same time, you have also like all the generic manipulation that the the Bene Gesserit are doing, which they are also like their idea is to provide concubines to the noble houses as a way of manipulate them, right? Because then they have yeah. like a spies in in the noble houses inside. And, yeah, exactly. Very inside clever of them, you know. Yeah, yeah. Brings me back that there's actually I I don't know where and I was like I wouldn't I would find it interesting, and it was um I, I the reason why I know it and I can see the image of the book and it was one of those airports so that you know there's a lot of bookstores in the airport but mm -hmm. I was reading the back of it but basically we were saying you know let's go to history and examine how women have been used to bring down countries civilizations and it kind of reminds me of that as in you know mm -hmm. the women are there as you say moles some of them can fall in love as in the case of jessica and kind of be more enticed with love as opposed to the right of duty that she has she has with mm -hmm. the order or the group but it, it was an interesting book that you say that you know a lot of great uh, leaders politicians kingdoms civilization have been destroyed by women and sometimes mm -hmm. these women have been deployed by their enemies to come in and entice yeah. <laughs> them um and i think that's uh, uh it's like a, it's true i mean anyone listening to us from a feminist perspective saying oh that's uh, unfair and i was like no but there's a history to prove this. This is yeah. why in science fiction you see, you know, women being used as ploys. And right now, yes, we're in a more modern era of science fiction, Hammy, where the women are the protagonists. The women mm -hmm. are the ones doing the manipulation. The women are the ones, you know, being exploited. And uh, like in the case of Paul, he's being manipulated slightly by his mother without giving him the full picture. You know, like she just like he wakes up. She's like, get up and brings him to the uh, woman who looks like a nun. And I'm like, would you not even like yeah. to talk to him to tell him what's <laughs> happening? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, okay, thank you, mother, for like essentially putting me in the deep end, you know? 
yeah, that and also you have the, the the whole scene with the box and everything on the 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 hand that you know apparently he he's under so much pain right like and the and the yeah. lethany of fear right that is something that uh, Jessica pronounced because it's supposed to be said by uh, well in the inner voice you know by by Paul like you know I, I, yeah. uh, um, which is something that you know people will get that I I know that in Spanish but in English it's, it's more difficult you know that yeah. And so that, no, and I totally get all of that. And it was kind of like, and also just came and dawned on me. Do you know the guy who was training Paul? Like he's yeah. a big actor. He was yeah. in, I think, um, Mar- uh, the Marvel Endgame. What was it? Yeah, he, oh. he was he was doing Thanos, right? Like, but uh, yes. under CGI costume, if that's the thing. Yeah, but uh, that's a major role, you know? Yeah, yeah. And in this movie, I was like, okay, this is guy's going to have a big role in it too. Bang, on. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Way to make the money is like, where do I sign up? Do you know what I mean? I need to go and win the cops. I, I would feel like a trader, uh, 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 but I would accept it in the money and the things. But like, you know, the way that they're promoting it, they're playing with people's. I think from a marketing perspective, they've done fantastic. Like the way they're pushing it, I'll give them that, you know. And uh, I also think, um, Hemi, that uh, yes, they could have done better, but really... You know, in the scheme of things, it was a good movie. I would mm-hmm. recommend it to people. Just if you are a more rational brain like myself, keep that in mind that you may need to do some research I think in anyway, the background. I think it will be interesting to see it again, especially for you, right? Like that you have only uh, watched it once and you haven't read the book and everything. Because I, I wrote, I, I read the book, I think two or three times. Like it was a long time ago, right? Like I still remember quite a lot of things, but you know, it was when I was, I don't know, 14 and 17 or something like that, right? And um, because probably you're you're now and you know that we talk about that and we talk about a lot of the subjects and themes and everything, it will be, uh, you know, more, um, yeah. So I definitely, you know, think that if you watch it again, right? Like, perhaps not now going to the cinema or, you know, like you watch it again when it's available in streaming and everything. And uh, you probably are going to see a lot a lot of things and a lot of things will make more sense. And I think having by the sounds of it, we could be waiting another two years for the movie to come <laughs> out. So I probably need to do a revision for myself in any yes. event, you know? Yes. Well, because... you can read the movie, uh, sorry, read the book uh, beforehand, right? Like yeah, but interested. Ronaldo has got me the book and I looked okay. at it and I said, hmm, I won't take it off you just yet. <laughs> because <Yeah. laughs> as you can see, all these books in the background, I, I look at it and I'm like, I will read you one day. But yeah, no, I think um, I'll probably get back into reading properly. But as I said, I will probably definitely need to watch it or watch a recap because it's going to be so long when the next movie yeah. comes out of it, you know. Um, as I said, I would recommend it because, look, it's a good movie. You can't go too wrong in it. And it's entertaining enough. It's not without its flaws. I can see the high rating of A mainly coming from people who are passionate about it. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of better science fiction movies out there that do better. But, you know... Uh, I think it's good. Uh, I'd watch it again. And one thing that we were talking about, uh, or I was talking about my husband, it was like, why didn't they decide to make it into a series like yeah. Netflix or Amazon or Disney? Because, you know, it could prove to be a very popular series yeah, type. I think it it, it has, uh, yeah, it, it's probably more suited to to do, like the book itself is more suited to do a series. And they have multiple books to go through, right? So they can continue if they want to. But, uh, yeah, for some reason they prefer to do that in in a movie format. I think 
probably the fact that, you know, when you watch it on cinema, it's going to look gorgeous, right? And it's going yeah. to look all the deserts, the scenes, and, and everything is going to be like that. But yeah, I don't know, like probably, and probably the the, the director, right, Villeneuve, he's, he's very much into, into doing movies, movies right? Not yep. necessarily uh, serious. But that's not to say it couldn't be a series uh, in the future, oh, yeah. because very as well you say... It could be, yeah. There's books, and the one thing I think that's it's worth adding for people who don't know that if it's a strange dynamic, um, is that Frank's son started writing and adding to the series after Frank had passed away. So he, Brian Herbert, is uh, the son of Frank, um, a, a writer in his own uh, right. But like, I feel like he just piggybacked on his father's legacy and was adding to it. So, you know, you, you can be as much as, as similar as you are. There's still huge discrepancies in the thought and the dialogue yeah. and discussions. And as you yeah, say, also, a lot also of times. The, the, the books, because I read all the books written by Frank Herbert. I haven't read any, any other one uh, in, the, in, in about the Dune world, but they are sort of decreasing in, in quality, right? Like the first one is fantastic. The second one is is quite good. The third one is good, but you know, and it's go it's going down. Like the the second one is probably the best, and it also uh, keeps going through a lot of themes that are uh, on the on the first book, right? And especially in the role of Paul Atreides as as this sort of religious figure, right? Mm. But um, but yeah, they they go down in quality. So I've never really been tempted by talking about the you know write, uh, reading the ones written by the by the son. Yeah, everything. like I feel like I know he probably like oh I know what my father was. We talked extensively all about this books and the ideas, but you're not your father. Like yeah. we're all different in that sense. So I think he's just trying to piggyback on it, and I'm like, you and, know. and also also I think Dune has this kind of quality. That is sort of like the work of a life, right? So I think he sort of poured everything that he had, right, yeah. into all the all the themes, right? We talk about how it has different layers. You can read it several times, and you can. So it's a yeah. book, very big, very dense, with a lot of sub uh, of themes there, with a lot of hidden things, and and I think it's it's sort of like okay, he emptied himself on that, right? Yeah. And when you empty like that, and you sort of get everything into you know your 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 ideas right it's very difficult to continue from there right like it's like okay what i'm going to do okay yeah keep going with those ideas yeah. but they just exhaust themselves right like that i think that yeah. happens with them um, with some authors that is just yeah this is this is what i wanted to say right and i was yeah. able to do that very well right but um, this is the second time around or the third time around it's harder to yeah it's harder that, yeah. to to get that because okay i can i can add more things and sure i can Im imagine more adventures and things like that but the kind of complexities and, and philosophical mm. approaches because again we, we we talked that there's a lot of political and and ecological and you know yeah. uh, subjects on the on the book and topics and and things that are there implied and, and a lot of characters that have like um, that are a mean to sort of transmit an idea. Mm. And when that's already done, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm not going to repeat and do a character that is exactly like this, right, on, on that. Yeah. So I think it's more difficult to to keep going. Yeah, and I think we're going to end on um, a funny but strange note, and that is <laughs> I am not keen on the actress that plays Jessica. Okay. Uh, particularly uh, the week before Dune came out, um, and I was like, oh, my God, she's in this. I think she doesn't have much range on her face. Mm -hmm. Like Timothy, who's playing Paul, there was a lot more emotion that could be read and stuff, you know? I, I love the fact that, just to say another thing, because I, I think that's very much on the character, I love the fact that he really looks so this 
the, uh, you know, like you you can really hate him because yeah. it really looks like you know a wimpy boy, like uh, highborn just, boy, which is just, perfect for Paul. <laughs> and then I know, and that's it. Like he he has that highborn you know features about him, yeah. but also that feeling that I'm confident, I'm too good for you. But also he has nothing behind that. He yeah. is you know just finding himself. But um, you know, uh, so we, as I said, we watched it with our friend Ronaldo, and I was like, oh my god, I can't believe Rebecca. Um, uh, isn't it? I know she's a huge and she's talented and all that, but I just don't think she's a great actress. But anyways, mm-hmm. we the, two weeks beforehand we watched the movie Reminisce. Um, mm-hmm. It's with Hugh Jackman. If you mm-hmm. want to waste about an hour and a half of your life, watch it uh, because <laughs> it's really is, enticing me a lot. Yeah, it's no, but really I mean, if you're that. looking for time wasting, you know, Hammy, uh, watch it because it was the plot is stupid and it's like you, Jackman, what are you doing? And you know, and then uh, there was a lot of scenes of uh, them focusing on Rebecca's eyes. So our friend Ronaldo was like, for him, the movie was amazing. 10 out of 10, <laughs> simply because of uh, Rebecca, Jessica's eyes. And I was like, ah, come on now. There's other <laughs> eyes that are more, you know, profound. And, you know, like Oscar Isaac's character, there was a little more, you know, the, uh, the eyes flashing left, right, center, kind of the sense of self-doubt. Or, you know, when he got, yeah. um, you know, paralyzed by the doctor, it's kind of his eyes was doing all the talking because obviously he yeah. couldn't do the talking. Like, it was like, Ronaldo, his eyes is better, but no. His, uh, uh, for uh, some people out there, you know, it's just enough to see and focus on Rebecca's eyes. The movie's getting 10 out of 10. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's a, it's a nice uh, thing to say, okay, if you want to go to see, see Rebecca Ferguson's eyes, just go watch the movie, right? <laughs> yeah, get drowned into her eyes because she's there's a lot of in her, you know, there's a lot yeah. of scenes about her. <laughs> Fantastic. So thank you for listening. And you can follow us by searching Wrong Side of Life podcast in the internet. See you soon.